Alrighty. Um, good afternoon, everyone. I uh, hope you've all had a, uh, a good week so far. Um, I know that I have. Um, it was a great day on Monday, being at the, um, the Church Olympics. Uh, legs are a bit tender still, but um, it was a great day. Um, I'd just like to firstly say uh, thank you to Pastor and just for giving me the um, opportunity to speak in front of you guys tonight, Lord. Uh, sorry. Um, I just wanted to just say that I'm a bit nervous, but I pray, uh, I hope that you would uh, forgive me if I stumble or lose my, my, my notes or something like that. Um, I hope it's right if I open in a word of prayer, um, if we could just all close our eyes first. Um, dear God, thank you for this lovely day today, Lord. Um, I pray that you would just help me tonight, Lord. Um, please calm my nerves, Lord. I pray that you would just um, speak through me um, and just not uh, just help me to calm my nerves and just to speak from what you've um, provided me to talk about tonight. Um, I pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. So if we could just open up in uh, Matthew 22, that's where we will be starting off. Um, this is a, a thought that I got from, from youth camp a couple of weeks ago. Um, I did a devotion, I believe it was with Nathan. Um, and it was actually a really good devotion. I'm like, I could develop this into something. Um, I did speak about it a little while ago at the Tuesday night Bible study um, in the city with Dave Sparksman. Um, he allowed me to uh, speak, and um, I just decided to develop that a little bit better. Then, and um, I just hope you guys can maybe get something from it. <coughs> um, we'll read from verse 35 to verse 40. <clears throat> um, it reads, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. <clears throat> So in these first two verses, um, it starts to talk about um, a lawyer, which back in the day was someone who, who knew the Old Testament laws very well. Um, and this, this lawyer is um, talking to God and asking a question, saying, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Um, this wasn't a question that was asked out of genuine curiosity. In the verse 35, it says, um, he asked him a question, tempting him. Um, his purpose in, in asking him this question was trying to start an argument with God. <clears throat> God clearly knew better. Um, this, this, this lawyer knew a lot, but God knew more than him. He saw the through the temptation and answered him with a great answer. <clears throat> in verse 37, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord with thy God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. <coughs> Sorry. <sighs> Here God gives the lawyer his answer, but it seems that God was very confident. He told him in verse 38 that this is the first great and great commandment. Then he goes on to state the second commandment in verse 39. These weren't just two commandments that he picked at random. But in verse 40, he says that these two commandments hang all the laws and prophets. I think that these two commandments um, are very important commandments for a reason. 
Uh, we can't fulfill God's other commandments unless we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind. If our hearts are not on God, we will really struggle to live how God wants us to. Our, flower, uh, our flesh will lead us astray and we will be distracted by the world and all it has to offer. But truly loving God and building a relationship with him will make living according to his commandments so much easier. In verse 37, um, it says, uh, not only did God answer his question with confidence, but he went over and beyond giving him, a second, giving him the second most important commandment. I personally think it would have been pretty, pretty awesome to be there when God answered this question. To, to see someone tempt God to start an argument with him and then to, to have God shut him down and give him a, an honest answer that summarises everything so well. Um, from this, we can learn a lot as Christians. Um, our most important commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul and mind. And tonight I wanted to um, focus on the heart. Our heart is a very powerful thing and it influences a lot of our emotions and our decisions. When we feel like our heart is in something, um, we tend to think about it a lot. We care about it. If you have a great interest and care about something such as your job or your hobby, you'll tend to find that you think about it a lot and you tend to make decisions in the best interest of that thing. If our heart is set on God, we will have our minds set on him. All our decisions and all our thoughts will be on him. Our desire will be to please him and to give him the glory. We will desire to know what he says every day, to know him better and what he expects from us. With, with this, our relationship will grow with him. But if our heart is not on God, it will be, the, it'll be on the things of the world. The things of the world are not always bad or sinful, but it definitely won't be honouring God. Tonight, I just want to go through three of the, some of the most important times we need to have our hearts turned to God. We should always have our hearts turned to God, but I feel like these three things are, um, are good to talk about. Um, firstly, I feel like it's good to have our, uh, we need to have our hearts turned to God in uncertain times. This is something I feel like we all struggle with. Um, our flesh struggles with not knowing what's, what's coming next. We feel like uh, we feel the feeling of uncertainty is scary and it's hard to let go of something that's not in our control. We always want to be there to fix it or to be in control of it. Um, if we could just turn to Proverbs 3. Um, verses 5 and 6 are a real encouragement to me when, I, when it comes to this, this topic. Um, it reads, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on thine own understandings. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I feel like that's a very well-known scripture verse, but it is a lot of truth in that. In scripture it tells us to give our fears, doubts, struggles, and uncertainties to God. When we turn to God first and ask for his guidance, he will direct us. In verse 6 it says, In all thy ways. He's telling us to give it all to him, not part of it so that we are still partially in control, but completely give it to him. Then and only then will he direct our paths. On top of that, verse 5 also talks about, about things that are not in our control. God tells us to trust him with all our heart. We need not to try and fix things or worry about things that are not in our own understanding, but simply trusting in him. It is a lot harder to actually put into practice than it is talking about it, um, but it's something that we can always be working on. A lot of times in our life we tend to make decisions based on what we know or what we think is best. 
Sometimes um, there are decisions in life that won't necessarily have bad consequences when we make it the wrong when we make the wrong choice, such as applying for jobs or the occasional financial decision. Um, but giving it to God and letting Him direct you, as verse six talks about, can save you from personal turmoil and even, and even open doors to greater opportunities. Even in your, whether it's either in your career or making connections with good people. And maybe along the way, we might be able to tell a few people about God and what he's done for us in our lives. Um, even when the decision seems like it's a no-brainer, based on what we know, God will always know more than us and he will always look out for us, but only if we are willing to turn to him and trust in him to direct us. As a young person, um, this is something that I've had tested a lot in my life, um, with a lot of uncertain times and unknown paths that lie ahead. Although I haven't always gotten this part of my life correct, I've seen God present in my life and what he can do, and what he can do for me. A little encouragement of a verse is in 1 Peter 5, verse 7. It says, Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The second time we need to have our hearts turned to God is in the bad times. Um, in Psalms 23, verse 4, it reads, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I feel like this is a pretty well-known verse as well, um, but it's, it has a lot of truth as well. When all, when all seems lost and there is so much bad around you, say, for example, things at work are going badly, there's troubles with co-workers, or your boss doesn't like you, bills are piling up, anything can be going wrong. Um, it can seem so hard to keep living your life for God. Normally it will bring you down or it will change your heart. Um, maybe you, you will start to hate being at work or you'll just lose sight of God in it all. Um, some things in life can relate to this verse as a valley, being in a low point and constantly surrounded. And in the shadow of death, which is not directly facing death, but in the fear of evil and darkness. Within our lives, there will be bad times that will come our way. No one will ever go about a perfect life with nothing going wrong. That's when we need to have a, a, it's when we need to be already have our hearts turned to God. Bad things in life will come our way and they will be unexpected, but God will be there for us and he will be glorified knowing that we already had our hearts turned to him. When our hearts are turned to God, as David here is talking about in the scripture, we will fear no evil. God will be with us and the tools intended for our job slash purpose as Christians will comfort us, such as the Bible and prayer. The other encouraging part of this verse is at the start where it says, we will walk through the valley of shadow of death. Um, this is an encouragement to know that this will not be a place where we'll be spending our whole lives. It's merely a journey or a period where we'll be walking through it to come out the other side. Um, an extra point is in James 1. If we could turn there, we will read a few verses. So James 1, verses 2 to 8, it reads, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and, and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it, should be, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, uh, nothing wavering, 
For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let no man, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Here we are encouraged to see the positive side when we are faced with suffering. If our hearts are set towards God, he will work on our hearts and help us to learn from our sufferings. God allows trials and tribulations to come our way to help us grow in our faith and grow closer to God. God will chasten us, and in verse 3 and 4, we are told to have faith in God and to have patience. God will continue to work on us, but we must not, not lose faith no matter how long it will take. It will take time, and we are told to have patience throughout that time. In, in verse 5 and 6, we are told to ask God for help or for wisdom um, to know what to do when, in times of need. But we need to ask in faith that God will provide that answer, not wavering. The last two verses say that those who waver in faith will not receive anything from the Lord. A man that has faith one day and rejects God the other is unstable in everything he does. Um, there's a really good, just thinking about a, an analogy or a, um, a story that can fit alongside that really well is in Daniel 3. Um, we all know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, but when you actually read the verses in the chapter and read the detail, it's really encouraging to see what those men did. Um, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and everyone in that area were told by all the princes, governors, judges, and all the officials that when the music is played, you ought to stop what you're doing and worship the golden image that they had made. Um, we all know the story that when the music played, everyone got down and started worshipping worshiping it, except for those three men. Um, they were brought before the king to explain themselves as to why they didn't worship the golden image. If, we, um, if, if, you're, if you can turn to Daniel 3. Sorry, I should have mentioned that before. <laughs> Um, in verse 16, it reads, um, in verse 16, you can see that these three men were ready to answer. They said here in verse 16, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not, camp we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Um, they weren't careful to make a decision that would benefit them in their own interest. They knew that the consequences would be to be put into a fiery furnace, but still they didn't care. Verse 17 says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. Here we see that they knew God's power and that he was able to deliver them from this trial. And in verse 18 it says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They were willing to put it all aside because of their faith, here they say, but if not, if it's not God's will that he will deliver us, we will still not worship your gods. They made an active decision to know, to have their hearts completely turned to God when all odds were against them, and it seems, that they, and it seems like they were going to die. Their faith did not waver, and God was able to deliver them. But even more than that, in verse 28 and 29, you see that the king's heart was convicted. He saw God's power. And he went on to make a decree that no one should speak wrongly about God. Great things. So keeping our hearts turned to God when all seems lost can lead to great things. Not only did he deliver them from death, but he also made an impact of the hearts of the others around him. Um, 
while at camp, there was a really encouraging song sung. Um, it was sung by Pastor Azzy and John. They sing it really well every time, and I absolutely love it. Um, but the lyrics of the song are really encouraging and tie really well at this point. So I thought I'd share the verses in the chorus with you. It's called, Look to God. There are circumstances way beyond what you can't understand. Seems you're stranded, lost without a way. Staring at the ground, your head is down. May I offer you a hand? It's time to rise, lift your eyes today. Look to God, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid, you're not alone. See the one who will give you courage to press on, look to God. The second verse reads, when you trust in God, surrender everything to his control. The fear is gone, only peace remains. When you walk by faith and not by sight, you walk a steady road. For the valleys and mountains become plains. And the chorus reads again, look to God, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid, you're not alone. See the one who will give you courage to press on, look to God. And our last point for tonight is to have our hearts turned to God in the good times. As Christians, we, turn to, we tend to only look to God in the, good, in, in the bad times and, on, in, in, and in the uncertain times. When things in our lives start to get good and there aren't any stresses or trials in our way, we tend to soak it up and forget about God. But in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it reads, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in, Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus concerning you. And another verse that backs that up is Colossians 3.17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Lord, in the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and to the Father by him. This is a great verse as to what we should be doing as Christians. It's saying that whatever it is that we are doing or saying, do it all for God. We tend to turn to God in uncertain and bad times, and we know that he can help us through those times. The least we can do is glorify him and be thankful for everything he does for us. It's good to have our hearts turned to him during these times mentioned before, but in reality, we should strive to have our hearts consistently turned to God. We can't really do what God is asking us to do with, as Christians without having our hearts turned to him. As Christians, we are told to spread the gospel and tell others about God, but how can we tell others about God and, and an eternity in heaven if it doesn't mean anything to you in your heart? If your heart's not turned to God and you haven't developed a relationship with him, you don't care about or have an appreciation about what he's done for you, how are you meant to share that with others? So as I close for the night, I just wanted to encourage you about where your heart is. Is your heart focused on God or is it consumed with the everyday matters of life? Have you given your uncertainties to God? Have you turned to God in the bad times? Have you turned to, are you being thankful to God in the good times? If you haven't, then I encourage you to spend, spend time with God in praying. Build a closer relationship with him. It's making a difference in my life and it will for you too. Thank you.